TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Welcome to the Score North Twins Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I am the host, Glenn Perkins. I'm here with Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore, who for three weeks in a row has the same headphones on yes. now. This has been a running yes. bid. Wow. Um, you're only 53 weeks short of <laughs> Joe DiMaggio. I made it. So <laughs> this, is, this is well on the way to a Cal Ripken headphone streak good, here. Yeah, right? good job there. Streaks yeah. are random. Um, <laughs> streaks are random. So Cal Ripken was random. <laughs> this is Thursday, and... Some stuff happened on Wednesday. Do we have I think. anything to talk yeah. about? Uh, yeah, well, we're not going to soon, so something else needs to happen. Uh, for those that didn't see, um, Craig Kimbrell signed a three-year deal. I don't know the terms. I think it's somewhere in the 40s. 40, I saw John uh, Heyman report 43. Yeah, um, 45 was the initial, and then John Heyman had 43. There's like a buyout and an option, so it's like some prorated thing this year and then a couple years. Um, so three years for him, and uh, so obviously that means the Twins did not get him. And then they proceeded to show why they maybe need to bolster their bullpen at some point this year uh, last night. So can I just start, because you and I had a Twitter exchange last night, and I'm just going to start by saying I would have gone three years, $50 million with with all the risks on the table. I know what the risks are. I know that he walked everyone in the postseason last year. I know that his velocity is down a tick, and I know that he's 31 years old and might have a ticking time bomb arm for all we know. I think you can safely swallow $50 million over the next three years and not have it cripple your franchise. Yeah, so I'll so, throw that out. Uh, yep, and, and I didn't provide any context to my reply to your tweet uh, that said that you would do that. I just said I disagree, and we'll talk about it, so let's talk about it. Uh, Derek, you can stand in between us. Phil yeah. and I, we're, we're greased up. Back. We don't have shirts on right now. <laughs> Honestly, if you guys um, get into a fight, I don't know that I can help you. We're ready to go to battle. Um, people are clamoring for shirtless so, Glenn and Phil, by the way. That's what, that's what the people really definitely. want. Let's get that on Twitter. Um, so I, I was fully in, on the record and still think they missed out. I think that that was a guy that they, they needed to try to get and do what they could. It didn't work out. And the hard part about it is, is you don't know what all went down in these negotiations. You don't know. It, it's so lazy to say that the Twins are cheap because they didn't sign them. We don't, he, they might have offered him more. I brought this up like way back at the beginning of the season and and there was some reports out there that he would want to play here. I don't know why he wouldn't, but maybe he just wanted to be somewhere else. Maybe he wanted to be in the National League. Maybe he wanted to maybe he's like, "Hey, it's Chicago's a cool city. The Cubs have some history. I want to be there." Yeah. So there's more to it th- than that. What I would have done and and where I disagreed is just on the 3-year thing. So if he gets say just for easy math, he got 3 and 45. So I'm sure that the Twins knew there was a ballpark of of where he was at monetarily what he wanted or what he thought he was going to end up getting. Uh, those are two different things. But what I do is try to get him for a, on a one-year deal for as much or as little as possible, but as, it, try to find what, what will you take for one year. So front, you're, you're, you're thinking front-loaded because you know that he's going to be... I'm going all in on, on this season with right. that guy because you're not giving up the future. You're not giving anything up. You're in a position this year where you have a nine and a half game lead, you have one of the best offenses, one of the best teams in baseball. So go all in on this year without sacrificing anything for the future. So if you can get him, and, and maybe again, maybe he says no, but go, hey, Craig, do you want to play one year in 20 or one year in 25 here? 
We've got more attendance coming in. We've got more revenue coming in. We're going to be able to cover that. We're in a spot where we have a chance to to do something special. And by the way, the Cubs, there's no guarantee that the Cubs make the playoffs. I, I know they're tied for the division lead right now, but there's like three teams within three games in that division. And then let's face it. I know the Twins have lost two in a row and people are panicking. This, the, the bullpen, season's over. But the yeah. Twins have a nine and a half game lead on a weak division in which the team that's second in that division has three starting pitchers out and two all-star starting pitchers out. So like you're in the playoffs if you sign with the Twins. Yeah, and so I just I like going all in cuz then and then the way Craig could look at it is, all right, so if I get to 20 this year, then I only need to get 25 over the next 2 years to to end up in the same spot. So it's like and and Scott Boris did this way back when with Adrian Beltre, he called it that pillow contract thing. So I'm going to get a guy a one-year deal, hope he has a bounce back year and then Adrian Beltre ended up Signing two like five year hundred million dollar deals after that, and he was with Seattle, and it was like, man, like this guy used to be really good, and he's young, but like he struggled in Seattle. He goes to Boston, has one awesome year, ends up playing for Texas for seven, eight, nine, ten years, whatever it was. Yeah. But that one year deal thing, so then he only has to make up a little bit. So then, I mean, he, there's no draft pick attached to him next winter. You know, this is from his perspective, so there, he doesn't have a. He, you know, you don't have a draft pick attached. All you got to do is get like two and twenty five. Which I would assume he would be able to get. I mean, Ryan Presley just got eight or nine a year, whatever it was. So you're you're gonna you're gonna get that money back, and then you and then you get to reestablish your value. Maybe you go out and have a great year. But then on the Twins side, they're not paying him for that thirty two thirty three season he had. Tommy John ten eleven years ago, and so that that's about the shelf life on that. I mean, obviously he throws gas and he throws a nasty breaking ball. Like he's definitely a a, a guy that you look at and you're like. It could happen again. Yeah. So you minimize risk, and there's that old cliche: there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. So that's where I I was fully on board. I still am on board with like him this year, and would have loved to seen that because they're not giving anything up. Um, but you know who knows how that stuff works out. So I'm I'm and I want to hear Derek. Derek was fighting with people on Twitter last night. Just. What for till two in the morning? Derek was just it's the only kind of fighting I'm capable of. <laughs> Were you greased up and shirtless? That for a different reason. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm like I'm firmly at the crossroads of I would have I would have gone overboard just I, I I and I would have tried to front load the contracts. Let's 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 throw the three three and fifty that I put out there at the beginning of the segment here. I would have tried to front load it like you're saying, so I can minimize the risk. And the disaster of his arm blowing out and me having to pay him when he's 33 years old. No, I don't know. If you float that, this is the problem. We're only looking at this as fans and people on the outside here. We're only looking at this from the perspective of why did the Twins sign him? Not from the perspective of, well, Craig Kimball may have signed with the Twins and the Cubs came along and he just really wants to play for this franchise. you know, I mean, that's, that's that's something that I can you know add perspective to too. I, if I'm in his situation, I probably do take the 45 because it's more guaranteed money than the 20 that the Twins could have offered for one year. And you never so know, a, right? And so what happens is he went through this last offseason. If he comes out and he doesn't pitch well this year or, or blows his arm out, he got his 20, but he didn't get the other 25. So <laughs> how much do you want to bet? How much you want to continue to bet on your health? That and so. From from his perspective, I would have done this, or from my perspective, I would have done the yeah. same thing. But the, yeah. but the other the other street that I'm sort of standing at these crossroads, you know, is I trust the Twins front office. I trust a lot of the things that they've done so far. And if the Twins front office and 29 other front offices looked at Craig Kimball and said, 
Ooh, there's some red flags. I know, I know the, the numbers you put up for the last nine or ten years are historic. In fact, he has a better ERA plus, so a better ERA relative to his era than Mariana Rivera. And now Rivera did it until he was in his 40s, so you know the longevity piece. Mariana Rivera is the greatest relief pitcher of all time. But we're talking about, for a 10-year chunk, a Mariana Rivera caliber pitcher that front offices are saying, we know what he's done. But there's too many red flags to push forward and give him what he wants. I'm actually shocked that it was only $45 million over three years that got this deal done. Because they were talking about $100 million on he his was side talking, in, he the, was in the winter time. There, there's two different things there. Sure. Yeah. This guy's talking about it, and then this is what people are going to pay. And I think he probably ended up right around where, you know, he probably ended up getting, I guess, a little bit more in contract dollars, like on paper. He's obviously going to, I mean... Than he would have maybe gotten had he signed, but that the draft pick thing got him, and that and that's where you can look at a guy, and it's like, hey, maybe we only think he's going to be good for a year, maybe two. Do we want to lose a draft pick for this guy for one or two years? But the hard part for me is when you get into the season and you get into a spot where you can you can do this with no cost, no penalty, other than just the cost that you're gonna sign him for. Sure. And that's why this was so fascinating that we don't usually see this. How long have we been following baseball between us in this room? And this is not a thing. <laughs> Just generally speaking, players don't last. I mean, I remember Kendrick Morales when he signed with you guys, Glenn, how weird that was, but kind of fun and cool. It was cool because it was different. Yeah. And this is so unusual. You'd be trading just money for a player. Right. You're not giving and, up prospects. You're not giving up major league talent right now. You just sign the guy. That's then that's that's for me where it where I feel like it hurts a little bit more as a fan of the team, as you know, someone that follows it close, someone that was there, whatever. Um didn't feel like you were losing something it just, basically. Yeah, it's this one it seems like like dang, like they could have just used money. I get I get not trading guys. I get having a good team and a good farm system, like that's what everybody wants. But it just seems, you know, like a missed opportunity, I guess, uh, on the surface that, um, you know, they could have had this guy for for just for just dollars. Sure. And and he does he he does so much, you know, like we've talked about over and over again of raising the floor and raising the ceiling. I mean, he he does both. And so that it was a chance, you know, and like I've said before, too, I don't like trading prospects for relievers because they're volatile. I, you know, you give you you give a guy you give a guy money and you don't have to give anything up. Um, you know, seems like a missed opportunity. I have said on the Score North first place twin show yesterday. Sorry, what were you calling it? The first place, the first score place North. Score North, but it's it, we're gonna have to change it in you know like another week now because when they are, lose the, yeah, the wheels are off, yeah, the wheels are off now. The tailspin has started, and so nine and a half games. Hopefully, the twins, the first place Score North Twins show will still be a thing. That's right, even exactly. when the twins are in second place. Bingo! But I, nine and a half, you are starting to sweat a little bit. I, I look at this and I say. I don't know what the Twins were offering, and I don't know what the Cubs did. Like, why did it take until Wednesday, too? But whatever, that's a separate issue. What I was debating uh, Judd Zolgat about was, I don't want a f- you know long-term commitment to this guy. I really like Craig Kimbrell. I think he's a really good pitcher, and I want him for this season if I'm the Twins. But I also don't want him for 2023, like, for elite reliever prices just because I know that's not what teams are paying for now. So I said, I want him for the rest of this year, prorated, whatever that's going to be. I, and I'm not, I don't care about money. If it's 20 million a year, that's fine. I don't care. This year, 
all of next year, I want because I'm going to have a good team next year too. So I want him in the fold, and then I want an option for that third year that I'm expecting. I'll probably pick up, but it gives me that parachute if I need to get out of the contract. Derek Falvey does that a lot with guys, like even Martin Perez. They said, "Yeah, we like you. We think we can fix you," but it wasn't a second year guaranteed. They're well, like, here's a seven and a half million well, dollar option if you pitch hedging, well. That's them hedging their bet of like, exactly right. If we don't fix you, then we're, then we're not. We don't, we don't want hook. a three year contract. Yeah, because then if you're a six year eight guy, I'm going to throw out something, just a, a new twist on this because I, I I I've seen a few different reports on what the Twins were or weren't willing to offer. Uh, Dan Hayes from the Athletic had the Twins at two years and not willing to go a third year, and then that third year guarantee was what pushed it over the top. Similar to the U Darvish conversation from last winter or two winters ago, the Twins went, I believe it was five years and nine figures, and the Cubs said, all right, bleep it, we'll do a sixth. Well, quick aside, you Darvish leads the league in walks, and he's been mostly Terry. He's only, he's only made 20 starts over a year and a half, and his ERA is over five. So I guess if you're a Twins fan and you see that the last time they missed out on a high-profile, high-priced free agent and the Cubs were the one that landed him, it was a disaster for the most part for the Cubs, but... Would you guys have offered, so we're talking $45 million over three years, right? And we all agree in this room, we're much more bullish on Craig Kimbrell this year because of how good the Twins are and because he's 31, probably trust more, more trustworthy at 31 than 33. I would have given him $45 million over two years. Prorated, yeah, and and that's that's kind of where I was at is like start with one year, see if you can get him just for one year because I think that's the best case scenario. But give, yeah, I mean, try to, There was stuff about Bryce Harper this offseason that teams were trying to do that. Like, we'll give you five years and, and two hundred and fifty million. We just don't want you. We don't want to sign you for ten years. Yeah, we're good. When you're thirty eight, we're good. Like, yeah, we don't. So we'll give <laughs> you that. almost that much money for less time. Yeah, they didn't go there. Otherwise, he would have had to think long and hard about that. But if if it was a two year forty five million dollar contract, so you're and and let's say it's. Uh, you know, it's just 23, 22 and a half and 22 and a half, and it, it would be prorated. So you'd be giving him like, I don't know, $16 million or whatever for this season. Well, you're getting more fans in the ballpark this season. Uh, the, the TV ratings are spiking, and that's probably going to lead to some more opportunities for advertisers and whatnot, but maybe just for Fox Sports North. I don't know. But anyways, I don't think it prevents you from signing Byron Buxton long-term, from signing if you wanted to sign Miguel Sano long-term or Jose Barrios. Right, because, well, and those don't kick in dollar, like high dollar-wise until For after three he's or four gone years. anyways. Yep. So you have you have some built-in space. I mean, they would have had to stretch this year to, to get it done with him. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, seems like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Who knows you know, which side that was on. It's not fair to to throw this on the Twins. I think that's where I started this was... You, you, anybody that's going to call them cheap is just being lazy. Like that's it, it, you don't know the whole story. If the Twins only went to th- to two and thirty five, two and thirty, whatever, and then the the Cubs went to three and forty five. I mean, it's 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 just a it's a business decision, and they've seemed to make good business decisions, and it hasn't always been revolved around money. Right. So there's there's just there's so many variables that go into it uh, uh, that we're never going to find out. And some of that is what does Craig Kimbrell think? Some of that is what do the Twins? How do they project him? You can look at a Fangraphs or a Baseball Reference and see projections, but you know that the people in the Twins front office are doing different stuff than yeah. even they are. What what if this happened, guys? I don't know that this happened. I wasn't at Target Field yesterday. Just for argument's sake, to your point, Glenn, about well. 
The owners are cheap, so you're never going to have a winning baseball team here. Let's just ignore the fact that you already have a winning baseball team here, that the Twins are, after last night's loss, now on pace to win 108 games. That's a pretty good baseball team without... <laughs> yeah, Al- yes, you do. Alexa doesn't really get it. <laughs> she gets but it. But Twins fans do. So, <laughs> Siri just pops in at the, weir- at the weirdest time. <laughs> oh, that was Siri. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Alexa. Didn't mean to mistake you with Siri. <laughs> so I look at this and I say, f- fake scenario here, boys, but just hear me out. Uh, Craig Kimbrell's representation calls Thad Levine yesterday afternoon and says, hey, so the Cubs are going to go 3-43 and 43 and there's an option for a fourth year. We're, we're thinking we're going to take that. Could you could you at least match it? If you could match it, we got a conversation here. And by the way, matching probably wouldn't have been good enough if he liked the Cubs better. Whatever. So that's another variable that we haven't even talked about. That's that's the biggest variable is nobody's ever going to find out what Craig Kimbrell wanted to do. Maybe he said at the what beginning of the winter, do. like, I don't want to pitch at Target Field. I don't like that place. I don't know. Seems weird you still see his name in a bunch of reports, but whatever. That's not the point of my made-up story here. My made-up story is then Thad Levine goes to jo- uh, Jim Polad and says... Hey, uh, so we're going to have the financial flexibility to get this done uh, for three years. Don't worry about the option. We won't pick that up. But are you comfortable with this investment? Do you really think Jim Polad said no? A lot, well, let me stop you. A lot of Twins fans think yes. They, he, and that's the problem. That's he, who he, I'm asking. Yeah, he, do I, you really I, think he says no to that? Yeah, he doesn't. Let's no co- way. Hold on. Let's, com- let's continue this on the other side. Because this all falls under the umbrella of... Twins didn't land Kimbrel, therefore twins are cheap. And I think we should flush this out when we come back here. I've also got some replacement options. Now that you Ooh. missed out on Kimbrel, there's some names you should uh, you should be watching. Glenn Perkins. You want, want to dust off the Pick old, up the, phone. Uh, the old left wing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I alluded to that also on Twitter last night. Somebody said, "Sign me." I said, "I can't. I'm not available this weekend. I'm leaving for the cabin in about, <laughs> in about one hour. In about one hour, I'm going to be gone until next Tuesday." Nice. So, oh, man. Um, all right. Well, maybe maybe after the All Star break, we'll uh, we'll see. Well, depends on the weather. Okay. All right. It's the Scorner Twin Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. We ended last segment talking about, uh, I don't even remember because the last thing I remember was um, I said I was going to my cabin and so now I'm actually here with my eyes closed meditative state at the lake okay so, okay i'm just gonna be here and you your I'm shutting off do a bullpen and session so you you guys phil mackey Derek wetmore you just do the rest of the show okay, so can you still can you can you get it up to 90 this weekend i think my back? i think my my contract with score north says i have to be here but i don't think it says anything about me talking so okay you're just gonna, you're you just guys done. you guys got the rest i'll be here nice are the poll ads cheap Six five one six four six eight two five five. But jokes on you because we're actually pre-taping this. If you're listening live on Scorn Earth, we appreciate. I'll you. take the call. I'll sit in the studio this afternoon and take that call. So I don't want to like. I understand 
fans' frustrations when something like this happens. And of course, as Craig Kimbrell signs with the Cubs and Blake Parker is giving up bombs and the and the bullpen is blowing a lead, I understand it gets magnified. You're frustrated. The Twins, um, they've done a great job getting back in the good graces of fans by starting 40 and 18. Now they're 40 and 20. But there's still a lot of scars, I think. I think Twins moved into Target Field. They did double their payroll from where it was at the Metrodome a year or two prior. And I think what happened was because they started losing, there was this misperception that, well, now they're just, now the, the ownership is just lying to the public. They, they put a crappy product on the field after they got this new stadium. And the reality was they actually had the highest payroll in team history in 2011 during the worst season in team history and then had to hit the reset button for a few years. And it was just terrible time. And they have, they have the highest, I believe, this year as well. They're right up there. Now, granted, every team is spending more, so relative to the rest of the league, it's not... Yeah, they're 20th right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not higher, but I, and I think that... And again, this goes back to a little bit of my frustration that, that they didn't get it done with him, is I think they know what their... Uh, they have a range of what their revenue is going to be for a year, and then they're going to spend 50% of that. Poleheads have done this since Carl bought the team in the 80s. We're going to spend 50% of our revenue on payroll. And we're going to, yeah, I mean. Some teams don't even do that, by the way. Like the, the, the Yankees brought in, according to Forbes, they brought in $668 million in revenue. Well, they can't, I mean, you can't, you can't spend that much because there, there isn't a salary cap, but there's, a, there's a, the, the tax, and that tax gets outrageous. And the Cubs are paying 32% so, on every dollar they're paying Craig Kimbrell. So there you go. I mean, yeah. so you're going to sign a guy for 45, and now it's, it, it's 60. Yeah. So. That teams are gonna you got to dip back below that anyways they so but I think what they do or what maybe they can do is like two weekends ago when they get they sell out when you know they had been getting fifteen thousand all of a sudden now they're getting close to forty you keep doing that through the summer you're gonna have that there's no way that's not extra money so that's where like you can offset some of that like hey you know we can max out at 130 or 135 or 140. Well maybe now that goes up to 145 or 150 where you can start looking at adding and and it's going to happen in trades. Like this isn't this isn't like you know and Derek Derek brought this up at the end of last segment. It's Craig Kimber it was not the only player that that is going to be is or is going to be available. There's other guys that they're going to get, and those guys are going to cost more money because the the bottom of your bullpen is making league minimum. So you're going to add somebody, multiple guys, whatever it might be, that are going to boost that up, and they're going to use some of that money, the revenue from fans showing up. Um, but again, it's just I, I, that a little bit more of added onto that like missed opportunity. But it doesn't mean they're cheap. Like there's just like we've brought up over and over. There's so many variables that go into this of of how they can spend their money. And if they wanted to, or if they tried, and, and in the same way you could say they're cheap, you could say, hey, maybe we don't know. Maybe they maybe they offered him three and sixty, and he said no. Well, here here's like, another. It's just as likely, right? Like you, you if you're gonna say that, oh, they 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 didn't get to that level. Maybe they went over it, and he didn't want to come here. That those both scenarios are equally likely. So like it just gets back to that. Like no, they're not cheap. I think, and we were joking about this in the break. Jim, if, if Thad Levine or Derek Falvey and or both go to Jim Polad, he's not going to say no because Jim Polad's in his suite with his glove on, watching a game, probably posing like Craig Kimbrell when Craig Kimbrell's pitching. Like he's, <laughs> that's what he wants to do. He wants to see him out there. He probably wanted to get it done. It just didn't work. Yeah, it is. I think I, I want to just sort of deconstruct the the main thing I heard last night from just interacting with people on social media after the Kimbrell news came down is 
there's no salary cap. Why don't the twin like why don't the twins do what it takes to sit at that poker table with the Cubs, etc.? Well, there is no salary cap in baseball. That is correct, but there are every team in baseball, all 30 of them, all 30 ownership groups have their own self-imposed salary cap, and it's called the break-even revenue point. And I'm just pulling this data from Forbes, which and, and I'm assuming this is at least 75% correct because this is it's what they do. It's more accurate than Wikipedia. Sure. So, <laughs> so you're for, off to the right start. According to Forbes last year, only three teams in baseball lost money. So they had a minus operating income. The Miami Marlins, which are just a complete disaster and nobody goes to their games. Five years ago, they were, they like made the most money through the, all really? the revenue sharing and that. Yeah, it, okay. I mean, if you went back, they wow. they I know that they've completely blown everything up. Yeah, but they even they used to make money. But they're not like just to clarify, the Miami Marlins aren't losing money because they're saying we're going to go for it all. Like they're losing money because no one is going to their games. Yep. Um, and the only other two teams that lost money last year were teams that thought they had a chance. They went for it a little bit with with big money contracts the last five years, and now both those teams are in a rebuild phase, the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Every other team in baseball has a self-imposed salary cap of the break-even revenue point. And the Twins, according to Forbes, brought in, I believe this is from last year, they brought in around $260 million in operating revenue. What's half of two hundred sixty million? One hundred thirty million, right? Ah, uh, I see where you're going with this. So my so the Twins' <laughs> self-imposed salary cap is around one hundred thirty million dollars. Yep. To sign Craig Kimbrell, they would have ta- the ownership group would have taken most likely a loss in, and then so the next step to this is, well, they're billionaires. Why don't they take a loss? And I honestly think. I think they're going to add payroll this summer. I think they're going to they're going to make trades for players that cost money. I honestly think they are willing in the right circumstance, and everyone just decided, or Craig Kimball decided for them. Yeah, it's just this isn't the guy. There's, there's this been, isn't the guy. There's been one team, I think, in my lifetime that went out knowing they were going to lose money trying to win a championship. Tigers? Yes. It was Mike Gillich. He was dying. He was 80-some years old. Mm-hmm. And he's super-duper rich and was like, I want, to see us, I want to see us win. We've got Justin Verlander. We've got, I mean, back then it was Meglu Ordonez. They had Miguel. They got up and down all these guys, David Price. Um, so he was just getting everybody he could. Like, I don't care if I lose. I want to see us win. It's one example of 30 teams over the last 30 years. I mean, there's thousands of, of team seasons, and it's happened once. So, for instance, when just to go to the top of this revenue pie, because there is some revenue sharing in baseball, but it's largely the money that comes in is largely based on local TV deals. So if you are the New York Yankees, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Boston Red Sox, and there's just 7 to 10 to 12 times more people in your market, and you've got more revenue coming in. So the New York Yankees... Operating uh, 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 their revenue last year was six hundred sixty-eight million dollars. Now baseball starts to penalize you over like two hundred twenty million dollars in payroll, but these teams like the Yankees can go up and they can pay luxury tax and they can absorb bad contracts without losing money on an annual basis. The Twins and the, and you if you want if you're a fan and you want you want to take this information and criticize the ownership group for not being willing to lose money on an annual basis, that's fine. But I just want to lay out the information. And that if you are the Yankees or the Cubs or the Giants or a big top six market team, you can sign a Craig Kimbrell. You can sign a CC Sabathia to that contract a number of years ago, A Rod. If it doesn't work, you're still 
making money hand over fist for your franchise. We, I mean, we talked about it for a segment. Cubs with Darvish. Yes, like they're not. They're not. They'll be. They fine. did that because they're like, whatever. <laughs> Hopefully, he's good, and we think he's going to be good. But if he's not, it's not going to. We'll still go out the next year and sign Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. It doesn't stop. And they did it with John Lester, and that one worked out. I mean, they, they, they gave him the big offer five, six years ago, and knowing there's a risk there, the guy's north of thirty, and we're going to take a chance. But we can eat those dollars if it doesn't work out. Derek, do you think the do you think the twins are cheap? Well, no, I and I think that someone with the twins is going to hear that and think you can't use Forbes. Forbes is notoriously inaccurate with this stuff, and every business owner says that. And then you say, okay, well, then what are the numbers? And they say, well, we can't tell you that. I don't think it's I don't think Forbes is that far off. I think. They get criticized no a lot. The, they, they have to be in somewhat of the ballpark. Yeah, right? it gets yeah. criticized a lot for being inaccurate by people who then won't share the real numbers. So, like, I'd, I'd miss me with that argument. If if those numbers that Phil alluded to are incorrect, then please, somebody with the twins, call us. We can set the record straight, and we'll straighten this whole thing yeah. out. But it, it kind of makes sense that people are asking, well, why are they twentieth in payroll at a hundred between one hundred twenty and one hundred thirty million dollars? And for years, Dave St. Peter has been on the record saying, we try to spend 50% of our revenues on payroll. And if you start to add up the math here, like they're in, they're in that range, they're slightly below that range with a little cushion to add somebody, which is why they've been talking about Kimbrel and potential trades well, the next year. Yeah, just, we can get at the trades, but like for sure they're going to add somebody. They're going to add multiple somebodies to this roster. It's just that it so happens that Wednesday was not the night. That they did that. So I, I'm not worried about them improving this club that's already great. They're going to do that. In terms of the like financial flexibility, I maybe, maybe I'm being too light on them for this. But they've spent so much money to become better at making good baseball players that I would... 100 times out of 100, rather do that than sign one player for... X number of years. It, well, and if you if you add up what they've spent infrastructure, I guess we can call it wise with sure. the minor leagues, with the with the major league staff, with the coaches, the, all and of the stuff staff. that they do, what they did just in their offices up there where they opened everything. I mean, they completely remodeled the entire place. Yeah. to make it more of like a work friendly environment, collaborative environment, all of that stuff, and then hiring all the extra staff, the the massage, the the all the training people that they've they've completely redone. There's millions of dollars into that and as if, well. So it's like some of that doesn't show up on a payroll sheet sure. in the USA Today on opening day. Right. But it's still part of what they're doing and where they're trying to get. And let's just put a number on it. I don't know if this is close. I don't know if it's way under. I don't know if it's way over. But let's say they spent $10 million over the last two years to make their processes better. And then you sign one Martin Perez and turn him from sort of a cast off to a star starter. You just there you go done. Now the rest is gravy. And that's now why they, every and prospect that's why they you did it. But that stuff in the in the other side of it is that stuff doesn't show up on a payroll sheet. And then and then that that gives uh, the fan that thinks that the pullets are cheap more ammo sure. to like. Well, look at they're they're only spending this and it's like no they're they're doing a lot more and also like who cares like they're good. This is and, a great and baseball there, team. There was you could you could make and not that they're cheap but. You know, when I was on that team and it was 2011, 12, 13, 14, you name it, and we were terrible, it's like, well, you, you got to start doing different things. You got to spend money in different places or spend more money. I don't know. Chase, try to chase it down a little bit. But like, they've got the, they're 40 and 20. So, like, who cares how much they're spending? 
Yeah. And and don't just assume like the whole point of the the last two segments that we've talked about this. Don't assume that that it, it's not fair to assume that it's Thad and or Derek's fault that the, that Craig Kimbrell is not a twin. And or that it's Jim Pollard's fault. Right. You can't. It's not fair to assume that, and that's going to be the popular thing now. And it's like that's not you. You can't. If you want to. If you want to do that, you got to look at the other side and say it's 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 just as likely the complete opposite thing sure. happened. So I've got some replacements for you guys. Now that Craig Kimbrell is not going to be a twin, I just want to run these names by you. We need a little positivity. I think. Sure. Freshen up the room. Get some new people to be excited about because that was therapeutic, though. We're it was gonna, very therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. It is. I feel flush, better. Flush that out of our system. I feel. I would feel better if I was on the lake right now. But <laughs> I, I definitely. I went to bed last night so angry and like so fired up because I write the tweet and then people start writing me like completely misrepresenting. What was your what tweet again? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I got to go read these at replies. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Something Do along you know, the lines of. Do you block people on Twitter? Uh, no. So I used to, and now I just mute them. I'm a muter. It, which is so much better because then, then they don't know. But I've I got, love that. I've like, got rules and criteria. Cause I saw some guy this morning say to me that you like, you're just gonna, you're just gonna ignore anyone that disagrees with you. And it's like, no, I'm going to ignore anyone that doesn't listen to logic or reason and only wants to call me names. Like, what's the point? Why would I? Why would I sign up for a website, a service that allows people to just do that to me? It'd be the stupidest business in America. So what I wrote is Blake Parker has been struggling a bit since before tonight, but I'm just going to throw it out there that maybe, just maybe, throwing guys out there for random innings is easier on paper than an actual game situation. So the dude gets used to throwing in an inning. I got used to throwing in an inning. If all of a sudden it changes, and like some people made good points, so others were like, you know, well, yeah, but he's been bad. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's my was my first point was he hasn't been great. So yeah, this isn't Con- like Connor, all it is. Connor says relief pitchers are paid to get out. Doesn't matter when. The best relievers should be in high leverage. How, situations. how does Connor know? <laughs> it's just and it, and again, like I You're like that's Connor the thing like is you that? can't you can't put all that on Twitter, which is, is the problem with even me tweeting that, but it, but a, a guy like that, and we talked about this before the show, is like a, it's like a Brandon Kinzer thing. So like the guy has always kind of struggled. He finally gets in a role, and he ends up running off a pretty good string of games. And part of that was he knew when he was going to pitch, when he needed to prepare himself on the timeline of the baseball game. And somebody made a good point last night. Well, he had the rain delay, because I think he came out right after the rain delay. So you, you do have some time. So that, that I mean, point to whoever that was that that replied. I think I said that's a that's a good valid point. But a guy gets used to pitching a spot. He's not your typical like he strikes out seven per nine. He's not punching. I mean, he, now everybody strikes out one per inning. So he's not doing all that stuff. But like, if you can just let him settle into a role, and and it's not even fair to the Twins. Like they've been really good at putting guys in positions to succeed. You hear Rocco talk about that like every. Pre post game, I think it's the press only conference. thing he thinks about sometimes. Like put guys in position, <laughs> positions to be successful. There's been a few times where he hasn't done that. I thought last night was one of those. I especially if so you so you 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 put him in a spot. Hey, maybe we don't want to throw him in the ninth, or maybe we want him to face these guys. Like they put him in a spot where they thought he, they they maybe did think he was going to be successful. I don't. I said to somebody else, I replied back, I said, I will guarantee you that when they told him he was going out to pitch that seventh inning, he was surprised. And that's the first step of like not having a good outing is, oh, whoa, okay. Is it harder to pitch after a rain delay like that where you've had to kind of 
or I shouldn't even say pitch, but like compete. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you sit around like that, and yeah, I mean, you're just sitting in your locker, like, right? So I'm picturing it cooling down, all that. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's it it changes everything because people don't realize like guys have routines that are based on what inning it is in the game. And maybe it's changed a little bit, and there are like other people would say, "Well, Taylor Rogers can do it," and such and such. And it's like, yeah, the, more people want Taylor Rogers than want Blake Parker. No offense to Blake Parker, but like Taylor Rogers is one of the best relievers in the game. Of course, he's going to be able to have a, a better chance of, of doing that. But also, he's done that. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying that you have to have defined role. Uh, Taylor Rogers has a defined role. It's just not in one inning. His is like, hey, be ready in the seventh and the eighth. And I bet you there's some times where in the in the sixth inning they probably call down or like, hey, the way this is lining up, you may be the ninth inning guy today. Yeah, I would say Taylor Rogers' role is two, three, four, five. So, so go that's watch the, thing, the lineup. Like, like, and and I, I wrote to someone else. I'm like, I hope Blake Parker hasn't pitched in the seventh like in the last couple of weeks because I feel like he's been pitching like he might get the out in the eighth and then he'll throw the ninth. So he's preparing to to pitch at that time in the game. And then all of a sudden he's throwing in the seventh. So it's, it, there's a, so much to it. Like, so you do not want him to throw the ninth because he's been struggling a little bit. So you want to put him in the seventh. But the game was close. Uh, he mm-hmm. had to face the top of the lineup. He gave up. The, you know. So it's like, you know, where where does where does it fit in? It just seemed to me like that was one of the rare cases that he wasn't in the best position to have success. So you're you're kind of saying like you you definitely need in today's game. You need at least one, two, or if you're lucky, three dudes like Taylor Rogers who you can say, "Hey, I mean, we might." There's like an hour window here that we might need. Yes, you. but but for some of the other guys, you might have to. It, it can't be that you have eight relievers and all of them are just all hands on deck, right? There might have to be two or three guys that are just, "Hey, you're comfortable." You're comfortable two and a half hours into this game, and that's your routine, and you go get it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if if they can tell Blake Parker, "Hey, you're going to throw in this range," that's what they do to Taylor Rogers. That's his role. I'm not saying you need a seventh inning guy and anything. You know, you don't need Juan Rincon and Jesse Crane and, and Joe Nathan. Wow. Like, that's yeah, not those guys are pretty old now. I don't that, know. <laughs> that's not the. That's not like how bullpens work anymore, and that's fine. And I agree with that. Like, throw Taylor Rogers out there when you need him to get the guy out. But he knows that that's what he's going to do. And I feel like, you know, you go back to the Brandon Kinzer thing that he finally got into a spot where he just could prepare to do one thing. And he did it better than he did it at any other point in his entire career. And part of that was that he just knew what he was going to do. He knew what his job was. Yeah. And I don't think Blake Parker knew that he was going to throw in the seventh inning until they said, hey, you're... When when they take the tarp off, you're going out there. Yeah. He was probably like, "Oh, whoa, okay, I, I, this is different," and that's just the first the first part of it. And he again, like the first thing I said, he has been struggling. That that was not he didn't struggle last night because he threw the seventh instead of the ninth. That's not. I mean, that's it's just part of it. I think that if 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 he's if fifty percent of it that he's been struggling, so he's got a fifty fifty shot to go out there and have an okay outing. Now he's good. I think that's ten percent. So now he's got a sixty percent chance he's going. You know, and so that 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 was more of the point. And it's hard to have that kind of nuance. You know, you know who went to giving up those bombs? Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> well, <laughs> that timing could not have been any worse for the Twins, right? Yeah. I mean, well, let's let's do what you wanted to do a few minutes ago. Yeah, let's I've spin got it the forward. names. We'll give you some names to wrap the show. It's the Scorner Twin Show. Names the Twins can turn their attention to now that Craig Kimbrell is uh, headed to Chicago. It's the Scorner Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on baseball. I've become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And 
it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Score North Twins Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. Uh, we're gonna kind of just open this one up to you, Derek. Uh, you've been you've been hinting at the whole show that you have these these guys that you want to talk about. So you're like, we want to talk about Kimbrel. I'm yeah. like, but there are other guys. We're, like, we want to talk about Kimbrel. If, if people are still listening this far into us <laughs> ranting right. and raving about payroll and, and Craig Kimbrel, they can hear Derek Wetmore talk about. Brad Hand, he's on the list. Um, How about the Cubs? The Cubs losing ten in a row, and trading just, Craig Kimbrell. Should we just turn this out? So I, I just handed it over to Derek, but now Phil, should we just try to guess every guy that's on Derek's list? That's that how we so should do this last. Brad Hand for sure. He's <laughs> and Brad Hand is only passingly mentioned because I said two summers ago they should call the Padres and get this Chaska boy, Brad Hand. And then the Indians read my article and took that idea, so that's too bad. Let's yeah, let's play the guessing game here. All right, do it because oh, this was, isn't I was an exhaustive list. Because I actually oh. wanted to give Derek like some some no, air no. time here. I feel like I'll, I want one more guess. Sean Doolittle, not on my list, but if they fall out of it, that'd be okay. a team. They, I think they just signed Fernando Rodney too. So if you want to run back the experience, they by the way have now. So the Nationals have won four games in a row to get to five games below five hundred. So my yeah, guess, my stuff. guess is that's a that's a pretty. That division's kind of up for grabs still, but anyways, continue. Your list. Yeah, no, I, I don't think this is an exhaustive list by any means, but I posted it to scorenorth.com um, last night in the aftermath of missing out on Craig Kimbrell. Okay, people are like, it's fine that you think that they they didn't get Craig, Craig Kimbrell is okay, but like they need to fix this bullpen. And I'm like, yeah, let me stop you right there. We agree on that. For To be an October club that's going to go make a deep run, that Unit just needs to get better. Your four trusted guys, or whatever it's going to be, you need to bring up that level. So, I'm calling the Orioles and seeing what they need for Michael Givens. I'm calling the Blue Jays while I'm on the phone with them about Marcus Stroman. I'm going to ask about Ken Giles too. Yeah. I might be more interested in Ken Giles. Dude, have but you guys seen Ken Giles' numbers? This he's always been good. He's back. He's he, so he has a one. He's well, let's just go with the, he's pitched twenty five innings. He's given up three runs. He has forty two strikeouts in twenty five innings. He's back. Like there was a period there where he was one of the best relievers in baseball, and they kind of disappeared. And he's back. Um, Shane Green with the Tigers is a guy I would call about. Raysel Iglesias, I know, is a guy they had talks with. Um, can't remember if it was last summer, or two summers ago, it was before he signed his new deal with Cincinnati, which is a three-year deal, I believe. So you get two and a half years left on that. He's our closer. He's legit. If you if you give up a couple of prospects and end up with a guy like that to pair him with Taylor Rogers, that's you just won. You might have done better than Craig Kimbrell, frankly. Um, Will Smith in San Francisco. If you're on the horn about Madison Bumgarner, anyways. Call him about Will Smith. He's got a big blockbuster coming out. Uh, this yeah, summer, how does he have time to play baseball with the yeah. with the movie coming? I think a lot it's of already promotional out, tour. Yeah. My daughter's going to see it on the last day of school today. So hilarious. Okay. That's guys. that's impressive. I mean, that guy is wow. multi talented. Very. Yeah. Very, yeah. He's a polymath of if I've ever seen one. The last guy that's on my list. He's not the last guy who would be available, but he's the last one I mentioned. San Diego Padres reliever Kirby Yates is filthy and. I don't know if any of these guys are going to be available, but I'd basically pick off the teams that aren't trying to win the World Series and say, hey, that guy who's really, really good and he has a year of team control left, what do you want for him? Name your price. 
Brad Hand in the division, Glenn, does does that matter like in, in the division trade? Yeah, uh, no, I, not to me, uh, especially not a reliever. I mean, I've said before, they're, they're volatile. So year to year, you don't really know. I think if the Indians decide that they're going to trade some guys, they're going to, if they trade Brad Hand, they're going to end up trading Kluber, they're going to end up trading Trevor Bauer. They're, they're going to trade Bauer, I would assume, either way, probably. I'd probably rather have and Bauer. I, I wouldn't want, yeah, and I wouldn't want to throw Kluber in, I guess, as a, as a definite. But if they start trading some of these guys, they're they're out of it for a couple years. You can see what the direction the Twins are heading. You can see the direction the White Sox are heading. The the Indians are on the back end of their window being open. They're, it's starting to close. Brad Hand in in you know if the Indians think they're going to compete in two three four years, uh, I, he's not going to be a factor in the division. Yeah. Um, so, so give Cleveland a call and say yeah. So I don't have a problem. I mean, sure. are they going to trade Francisco Lindor to the Tigers? No, they're not. I was just going to say get but, on the horn with the Indians dude. and be like, we'll take the closer, we'll take Trevor Bauer, and give us the shortstop. Yeah. So now, Lindor only has two years left of team control, but they're not trading him to the Twins. Like no. I, well, I'm just floating yeah, this out. Yeah, would, yeah, yeah. would they? I mean, they they should pay him, but because he's only 25 years old. But if they don't think they can pay him. They might look to trade him in the next six to eight months. I'm just going to throw that out there. They're not, you, don't, you don't trade a you don't trade a, a superstar. Yeah, tennis player. In the I am team, Dude, They're not going to. They'll I am team. Him. Like don't trade or don't care about that rule. Don't trade within your division. It's a stupid rule. Just win the trade. But you don't trade Francisco Lindor within the division. That's you don't. No, you if you get a guy like tough. that, you you keep him for as long as you can, and they're going to keep trying to sign him. So yeah. Yeah. I the, going back to Brad Hand. No, that doesn't bother me. Not not one bit. I yeah. mean, this is this is one thing. Just just to end this show on a on a, on an additional positive note, the Twins are still forty and twenty, and they still have a month and a half to survey the landscape and to bring in a Ken Giles or any number of names on that list that Derek just read. And this is the most fun summer of baseball we've had since right. two thousand ten. There's okay. no rush. You're just lining it up for October. Indians ain't closing that gap in the next six weeks. So well, and so Chris Long tweeted it. I think last night. What like, you look at the Vegas odds, and the, I mean the the Twins are beyond overwhelming. It's, they're they're like negative twenty five hundred, and the yes, the Indians are like plus nine hundred. So it's, it's like uh, I've got it right here. The, uh, uh, yes, you are almost <laughs> you, spot on. The, the Indians are a plus eight fifty to win the division, and the Twins are a minus twenty five hundred. Vegas is basically saying. It's over. It's over. Yeah. yeah. If if you think it's not over, you'd better get to a betting window soon before you lose some of those numbers because that's a pretty big payday. Yeah. All right. That was, I don't that advocate was a, th- a therapeutic episode of the Score North Twins Show. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. If you approve of the Score North First Place Twins Show, we'd love for you to do us a favor: give us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple or Spotify. It helps spread the word to new listeners. And go to Glenn's Twitter account and tell him to start warming up the left arm. I'm going to be out of, I'm gonna be out of cell phone service in about an hour and a half, so <laughs> do whatever the hell you want. <laughs>